Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today we are diving into Twin Peaks Season 2, Episode 4. Yes, Laura's secret diary. (laughs) Oh my god! We're familiar with that diary. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, we know everything that's inside of it. (laughs) Or fortunately, because I feel like the show doesn't really let you in on Laura until after, you know, the show is over when we get to Firewalk with me. But if since we yeah. get to read the diary, we know more about her. Yeah, it's it's such a weird thing to have a show be all about her, but then also not be about her at all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because literally the only thing we know about her is that she's dead and the stuff that we're slowly finding out about her secrets. And then you read the diary and you're like, who is this character? <laughs> not who these people knew. Yeah, and it's also kind of interesting because in the diary, she barely mentions Harold and, you know, but she also kind of stops writing. So I imagine that's the time she's meeting Harold and like keeping her diary there. So I yeah. also like to think about when she makes those random extra entries at the end. Is she like, Harold, I, let me in. I gotta make an entry. I, my diary needs me. <laughs> <laughs> just two more and I'll be done, I swear. It's like when we were reading it and we were like, she's just carrying that diary with her, and, you know, in between a drug deal. She's like, I got to write about this real quick. <laughs> <laughs> just takes it out of her bag. I feel like that's more realistic than her being like, oh, Bobby, can you drop me off at Harold's? I got to write another entry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I really got to write an entry. This is important. <laughs> <laughs> this is, it's right fresh in my mind. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we're back on Zoom today. We were going to record this one right after we record the last one, but microphone stuff. So hopefully this will be, yeah. you know, our normal Zoom quality <laughs> at least. I think it will. You, hopefully... I edited the one yesterday and it was okay. Yay. Okay, good. I'm sure that technology will hopefully soon start to agree with us and not fully combat us, but <laughs> I have high hopes for it. So I'm sure it'll be a good episode. <laughs> Well, we went for so long without any real technical mishaps. And it just, it's That's strange true. that, you know, a year and a half in, they're all hitting us. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, you went too long. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't even know. It's probably more than, has it been more than a year and a half? I don't know. October? Yeah. It's um, one month over. Well, so a year and five seven? Five months till our two year anniversary. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. I know. And by the time this one comes out, it'll be, well, it'll be June, I guess. So. Almost. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) should we go ahead and start on the notes? (laughs) Sure. All right. So notes for season two, episode four, it premiered on October 20th, 1990 new director it was directed by todd holland ah yes i do have some stuff in my deep dive about him a little bit just because he was interviewed (laughs) oh really oh yeah so no more leslie linka (laughs) gladder no more noir but it it had its own type of atmosphere this episode oh yeah like literal atmosphere (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've got a new director and a lot of writers for this episode. We had four writers. Uh, we had Jerry Stahl, Mark Frost, Harley Payton, and Robert Ingalls. So I guess they all worked on it together. Well, I know Mark Frost and Harley Payton are, were kind of like, I mean, Harley Payton and Robert Ingalls were kind of regulars. Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of worked like Doctor Who works in which they have an outside writer and then, you know, the showrunners per se kind of like, fix the script so they all get credit in the end <laughs> <laughs> well it, yeah and it, it just, I guess it's just a little bit more I don't know this episode didn't necessarily feel as like like as dense so maybe they just went back and forth on it and then after the diary came out maybe they probably edited some stuff in maybe so it could be that's why there's yeah, a couple maybe more they write for listed. a specific person or something specific storyline so that's, that's true um, and as far as new characters, we did get a couple new characters. I don't know if they're 
all reoccurring, but we have Royal Dano as Judge Clinton Sternwood. Uh-huh. We He's have a fun character. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very much like the minute he came on, I was like, he seems like the type that would be like on like Smash or uh or Mash, sorry, or um <laughs> like one of those like old school shows. Yes. He's got Very quite the, the voice too. Yeah. <laughs> We've got Rich Brinkley as DA Daryl Lodwick, who they okay. think is MC Wentz. We have right. <laughs> Belina Logan as the desk clerk who is notifying Harry about MC Wentz. stuff about her too. <laughs> yeah, she was great. I'm sad that she's only like in this episode, but she was great. Yeah. And then we have... Um, <laughs> Kevin Young as Toad, uncredited. <laughs> so <laughs> the reoccurring thing of Toad in these shows today the was Kevin Young. The revolving door of Toad. <laughs> yeah, this time it was Kevin Young. So we'll see who it is next time. Okay. <laughs> um, and then we have Claire Stansfield as Sid, who we get right at the end. Oh, yeah. And then... The irresistible Sid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that typical 90s, I have dark hair and I'm mysterious and very attractive. I wear blankets as jackets. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's it for our new characters. Let me see. I think I maybe have some like little trivias. Okay. So some fun little things that I found. Judge Sternwood, played by Royal Dano, is a reference to General Sternwood, a character in the classic noir film, The Big Sleep. So more noir being shown up, apparently. Yeah. And kind of sad, it was one of the last roles for Royal Dana that he ever did. I think he died in 94. Wow. Yeah, so, but I mean, you know, he was, I think he was born in like the early 20s, so. He had a very long career, but kind of sad to think about. Um, And I also have the Log Ladies intro if you want me to read that. Yes, please. All right. This is the spiritual guru one. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) This is the one where it's like, oh, okay. (laughs) All right. Miscommunication sometimes leads to arguments, and arguments sometimes lead to fights. Anger is usually present in arguments and fights. Anger is an emotion usually classified as a negative emotion. Negative emotions can cause severe problems in our environment and to the health of our body. Happiness, usually classified as a positive emotion, can bring good health to our body and spread positive vibrations into our environment. Sometimes when we are ill, we are not on our best behavior. By ill, I mean by any of the following, physically ill, emotionally ill, mentally ill, and or spiritually ill. (laughs) Guru. (laughs) Yes, I can definitely see that as a Twitter post by um, (laughs) thousands of people (laughs) today. (laughs) I think I commented after we finished watching the Log Lady intro, that it feels like a PSA for, like, aliens to be like, this is what humans' emotions are. And (laughs) (laughs) just, like, a quick little, like, short lesson on them. Yes, although it is true, you know, when you're sick in some way, you're not on your best behavior. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I was like, too too relatable, Log Lady, too relatable. Yeah. (laughs) I believe, what was that Crazy Clown Time song that was like a David Lynch treatise? But yeah, it was, I feel like there might have been some tooth talk that related to the same sort of ideas. (laughs) (laughs) I, oh, not that. I was trying to look up the album and it looked up Insane Clown Posse, which is not what I wanted today. It's not like you entered a casino for a second. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I think that's all I had for notes today. All right. Well, let's do the recap. Yes. But before we start the recap, should we say our first impression since we didn't really <laughs> say that at the beginning? <laughs> sure, yeah. Because we watched um, this one together yesterday. Yes, we did. Um, it was a good one to follow up with uh, episode three, especially since the cliffhanger of episode three is such like a, I feel like such a big one that uh-huh. she finds Laura's diary in this person that we clearly are like, he's super creepy and probably a serial killer. So it's, <laughs> it seems very important that we watch the next episode. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And it's just all this Leland stuff is so 
it made me really appreciate how great of an actor he is. Yeah. I love Ray Weiss. <laughs> yeah, he's so good. Um, but it's just like, I don't know. I feel like Leland, I can't figure out. And that's why I'm so suspicious of him. <laughs> because I'm like, I don't know what you're about. I don't know what you've done. But I know it's something terrible. Yeah, he's very manic and all over the place. And I mean, we did see him kill Jacques, so. Yeah. But yeah, and we definitely start off with a bang with him in the police station and a very eraser head opening, but we'll yeah. get into that in the recap. But like, yeah, I really did like the storm atmosphere throughout the whole yes. back part of this episode because there's so much crazy stuff that's happening. And like, even like the Lucy drama feels like more intense because <laughs> there's this big storm going on. And Harry is like, I think this is the one where Harry is running all over town doing all sorts yes. of stuff in this giant storm and he's never wet he always appears <laughs> where he's supposed to be <laughs> i'm very impressed with his collective collectedness <laughs> yes i am convinced he is one of those drivers and if you've ever been to the mountains you know these drivers that <laughs> speed around the curves and <laughs> will be passing you because he literally was all over the place and you know <laughs> From one second, we have one of my kind of like favorite scenes that is also like noir-ish of when he's at Josie's uh -huh. and she's like trying to be like, don't ask me any more questions. Let's just have <laughs> sex. And <Yeah. laughs> we get that lightning flash and, you know, the man behind the slats and it's just so cool. Yeah. It's a well, great episode. Yeah. I'm excited to get into it. So Me too. let's officially start the recap for Laura's Secret Diary. Yes. <laughs> I was thinking, I know all of these titles are like, I don't even know who wrote them ultimately, if it was David Lynch, but mm -hmm. they all work so well that I think we should just embrace them as part of <laughs> the official Twin Peaks titles because, yeah, I mean, I do personally, but I feel like fandom as a collective, since, you know, television is such a collective thing. Mm -hmm. Even if the titles got put on later, they still work really well. <laughs> yeah, they're put on by the team, I'm sure. It wasn't just a random. It probably wasn't just a random person. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay, so this kind of got an interesting opening. It's one of those ones you remember from the Twin Peaks episodes. But we start in darkness, and we hear the sounds of Laura screaming. I believe we've heard these kind of sounds before. Um, yes. We also hear slowed down words of daddy, and we hear like a heartbeat monitor flatline. And we zoom through and out of a dark hole in the wall of the police station. <laughs> Harry is talking to Leland, who looks almost hypnotized. He's questioning him about the death of Jacques. And Leland thought he killed... Or Leland says that he killed Jacques because the police... Because the police had arrested him, so he assumed he killed Laura. Right. Yeah. And then he explains the loss he felt when Laura died. I think of a typo, but I think he said, like, deep down screams that you and you can hear nothing else. Mm-hmm. And then he breaks down and admits to killing Jacques. And Doc Hayward, Cooper, and Harry look very disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I mean, I... I've... He's just acting in that scene is so great with, like, the yeah. tears just on the edge. and <laughs> Yeah, and the line readings were really, like, they are very impactful. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I'm <laughs> Throughout this whole scene, I was like... Yeah, they're disappointed in him, obviously, because he murdered someone. But <laughs> it seems like he probably should have been, like, Baker acted a long time ago <laughs> and put into some sort of, like, treatment facility because he clearly is having some sort of break from reality. Especially with Yeah, his... but, I mean, it's really only been a week, so maybe they're just like, well, That's true. grief, you never know what form it's going to take, so give him a little space. <laughs> Yeah, I, w <laughs> I would have been especially concerned and wanting to know what's going on the minute his hair just turned white all of a sudden. <laughs> Clearly, I would have been like, something's wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> out of the interrogation room, Cooper and Doc Hayward discuss that Leland will plead temporary insanity. Doc doesn't understand or doesn't approve of murder, but he understands Leland's grief. And Cooper does not 
seemed to. Uh, he says, do you approve of murder? Like, no, I don't approve of murder. <laughs> uh, and then Andy comes up to Doc Hayward and asks about his sperms test <laughs> and wonders if it's the sort of test he can retake. <laughs> And then he says, or the doc, or doc tells him to provide a sample and he'll wait in the car. <laughs> <laughs> I just like how matter of fact, Doc Haywood was just like, yeah, just give me a sample right now. Yeah. <laughs> and he was just like, no, wait, wait, what? <laughs> I'll wait in the car. <laughs> <laughs> I've been wearing boxers like you said. <laughs> um, Andy sneaks in the least sneaky manner. Bumping, bumping into Lucy and inadvertently displaying his dirty magazine, which is a flesh world, <laughs> yet again. <laughs> I, think I was like, I guess maybe that's all they have in the station, but that's a pretty pathetic <laughs> materials. Yeah. yeah, well, flesh world to me is so, like, grim. Like, it just feels <laughs> like, it's not like, you know... Like you had mentioned, like, is there no Playboy? Is there no um, penthouse? Like, what is going on? It just feels so, like, dark and not, like, it is, it feels like... like ads for women, I thought. I didn't think there were yeah, barely any pictures like, of it. <laughs> it's like, from what we know, Flush World is trafficking underage girls. So I uh, wouldn't necessarily... strange, you know, fetishes. <laughs> yeah, so I wouldn't necessarily pick... I, that. Maybe that wouldn't be my first choice, but I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Well, maybe it's all they had. The first thing Andy saw it was like, well, there's a, a torso on the cover. Maybe that's <laughs> Was Lucy carrying a, ba- like a um, box of chips? Yes. <laughs> I was like, how much food is in this police station? They have 400 pounds of donuts every day. And there's she only like whole- five policemen. <laughs> yeah, and they have so many, like, just chips and coffee everywhere i'm like godly <laughs> like pallets of donuts <laughs> yes i mean can't blame them but seriously yeah well when lucy packs up her chips and leaves she starts slamming things around <laughs> isn't this where she the pencil's not writing and she just kind of throws it away and <laughs> yes. picks a new one <laughs> her pencil flicking is just perfect <laughs> yes a great pencil actress Yes, yeah, so she's got mad skills. <laughs> okay, so then Harry tells Cooper that the judge is going to be arriving later. Uh, Leo also has a competency hearing mm. that the judge needs to be in town for. And Hawk has checked on the cabin and found no resident named Bob who lived next to the Palmers. Hmm. I think he said he found, like, or no, that maybe was the last episode, when he found a vacant lot in a boarded up old house and he was waiting yeah. for the results so I guess he found there was no one ever named Bob <laughs> or Robertson I assume <laughs> yeah yeah I think so. but then it's also like you know can we have all the names <laughs> just look through all of them yeah let's just look at who we have Andy <laughs> clumsy Andy drops his sample under the chair <laughs> and Cooper asks where they came from and Andy's all like, well, I don't, don't make me tell you. It's very personal. <laughs> and he's like, no, I mean your boots. <laughs> <laughs> they are Circle brand, the same brand as the ones at Leo Johnson's house. And he says he got them from Philip Gerard, and now they have to find him. The one-armed man. Oh, and hmm. I think this is where Lucy flicks her pin, because I wrote, I love how Lucy flicks her pins around. <laughs> oh, yeah, this must be it, where she was just like, ugh, useless. <laughs> the perfect topper to the scene. <laughs> okay, so we go to Great Northern. There's a walk and talk with the desk clerk. <laughs> <laughs> and Ben, oh, the desk clerk and Ben. M.T. Wentz, the travel writer, is coming to Twin Peaks. No one knows who they are. Ben is like, it's not even 9.30 and you've already done a great day of work. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, When Ben gets to his office, Jean Renault is there. He says that he sells insurance to One-Eyed Jacks. So I'm guessing like protection mob type, definitely insurance. Probably (laughs) like, yeah, I would say it's definitely insurance in quotes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He has a tape of Audrey tied up. (laughs) 
Jean says that he's just the messenger. They, quote unquote, request a large sum of money, but Jean wants something too. (laughs) (laughs) He wants to be Penn's partner at what I jacks. Ben reluctantly agrees and he wants one other thing, Jean. He wants Cooper to deliver the ransom. And Ben is very mad <laughs> when he leaves. <laughs> <laughs> Exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is this where the, he mentions how much they want, right? Yeah, $125,000. Which, which is, we were like, that seems like nothing, isn't he? I would figure Ben to be very, very wealthy. So. <laughs> This seems like a huge ambitions these yes you think with like i'm sure the you know like prostitution and or i mean what do you call it uh sex work and drugs are definitely high dollar quantities you're dealing with i would think so i just feel like 120 is like a drop in the bucket Exactly, yeah. And it's is one eye jacks is in Canada or is it in the US? It's in Canada. Right over the border. Oh, okay. Cause I cause I don't know anything about Canadian law, but I was like, you know, if it was in the US, it could definitely wouldn't be regulated and taxed because it's illegal. So <laughs> which could be the same thing. But either way, just this just seems like a million dollar scheme rather than just one twenty-five K. Yes. Definitely seems on the low side. Yeah. <laughs> But as we said, these are second tier villains. Yeah, <laughs> they're not, they don't look the to the future. <laughs> they look to the right now. Yeah. Okay, so to the double R, Hank is giving Donna her meals on wheels. Uh, he's very cool in this scene. <laughs> yeah, and Donna thinks so too. <laughs> yeah, she's like, okay, bye. Norma has also heard about M.T. Went. I'm guessing the desk clerk told her because we find out later yeah. that they, they're friends, I guess. Yes. Hank is determined to spruce up the place and he wants Norma to call Ed and have him suggest to the diner to any new face he sees. And it's just a very like, dun 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 moment <laughs> because Norma has this expression and it's like, I feel like you're being nefarious with this request, Hank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, why do you want me to ask Ed of all people? All right. So then we start the storm. There's thunder. It's nighttime. Harold and Donna are drinking wine and toasting to Laura. Well, not toasting to her, but I guess toasting to her. Is that what... Yeah, kind of. Okay. <laughs> uh, they're having a picnic in the living room. <laughs> Harold wants to read from Laura's diary. It's an actual passage from the diary. It's the one where Laura is worrying that Donna wouldn't understand her dark fantasies. Right. Harold doesn't think they should give the diary to the police. <laughs> he <laughs> says there are no clues. I'm like, uh, yeah, there's a million and trillion clues in that diary. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> necessarily that they would lead you to this the correct person, but there's definitely lots of clues. Yeah, there's also clues to a massive drug trafficking ring. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I would say... There is the reveal of the perfume counter at Horns. Yes. Which is also trafficking of young women. So <laughs> let's go ahead and do that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Harold thinks of himself as the keeper of people's stories. Friends and lovers. Maybe someday Donna. These are the people he's keeping the stories. And I said, does he really have friends and lovers, though? <laughs> I don't really buy it. <laughs> <laughs> just orchids and orchids i mean granted donna did run there first when she was upset with james and maddie That's but true. i still don't really buy that harold has like just a million people filling out diaries in his presence right. all the time <laughs> okay so ben is talking to cooper cooper was right obviously. He wants to know why Ben is not calling the police and Ben uses Cooper and Audrey's special relationship as leverage and the exchange is tomorrow um, $125,000 cash. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Josie is back from Seattle with a million packages. (laughs) 
<laughs> Pete comes in and hugs her. Josie doesn't seem to know about Catherine when she comes in. <laughs> Pete still looks like he just got home from the fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his hair is all crazy. I was like, did his hair get singed in the fire or something? <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. I just love Maybe. Josie's line where when he tells her that Catherine's gone, she's just like, oh, no, that's terrible. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was looking for one of those, like, soap opera, when I hug you, my face is going to reveal my true intention, mm-hmm. which it did not happen, but it was just so like, oh, no, Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, the funeral is in a few days, even though they have not found a body. Ugh. We know what that means in television world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's because it's still walking. <laughs> Okay, so Emery, back at Y Jacks, drags a drugged-up Audrey into, into Jean. She accuses Emery of hitting her. <laughs> Even in her drugged-up state, she knows how to manipulate people. <laughs> yeah. It's like, even in the current position she's in, she's still above Emery on the totem pole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe he did hit her, but I felt more like she was just, you know throwing out a manipulation as soon as she entered yeah. the room. <laughs> she was like, I, I think honestly, it, I, I, I don't think this, her specific accusation leads to what happens next with Emery, but I Probably think it, not. I think it definitely was like, she was like trying to point out how useless he is for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Jean is, re- is assuring to her and then he shoots Emery in the chest. <laughs> and Audrey freaks out as he creepily hugs her. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> With the quietest gun I've ever heard. <laughs> it, would just, it was a tiny little gun and he just dies. <laughs> Dead. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> Back at the station, Lucy yells at Andy when he tries to talk to her. Uh, Cooper comes up and he wants Lucy to get what's bothering her off her chest and so she tells the story her and Andy used to go out for a year and a half then she started to notice little things like the fact that he didn't (laughs) wash his car or work out or own a sports coat (laughs) and then she decided she needed some me time after watching a program on TV I was like Oprah (laughs) (laughs) Then she met Dick Tremaine. He had a lot of coats, and he kept his car <laughs> and his body in great shape. <laughs> but now she really doesn't know what she wants. <laughs> she runs out. <laughs> Cooper asks Harry for a favor. He needs a bookhouse boy. Best he doesn't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Just be there. Uh, Harry says he'll set it up, no questions. Andy is still waiting outside. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Andy. Uh, uh, back to the double R. It's all spruced up. There's red tablecloths and flowers and accordion music playing. <laughs> and a cowboyish man comes in. <laughs> I mean, he's dressed in a cowboyish manner. Norma and Hank uh, assume that it's Wince. Hank makes Toad sit in the back. <laughs> <laughs> The man, though, just wants a cheeseburger. Very mysterious. Mm-hmm. When he goes to the bathroom, Hank checks his pockets. Mm. Meanwhile, in a booth, Maddie and Donna are talking. <laughs> <laughs> Donna is still mad. <laughs> Maddie tries to assure her, but Donna says she doesn't care. And then <laughs> she asks for help getting Laura's secret diary. Isn't... Donna smoking a cigarette. <laughs> yes, of course. When is Donna not smoking a cigarette? <laughs> well, it's just like, you know, this is like her new persona because she's like, I don't care. And then takes a big drag of her cigarette <laughs> and her new look with her hair down and everything. <laughs> I was listening to the last episode and I was thinking, did Maddie kiss James? Because I know I said that Maddie kissed James and we went about like she did. But I don't really know if she does kiss him or if she just holds his face suggestively like she's going to kiss him. Anyway. I think she did kiss him. Okay. Well, just in case we were wrong. So Maddie wants to tell James. Donna says she's going to get that diary with or without her. Tell that to James. 
<laughs> but Lord. she says it in her lowest possible register of voice. <laughs> Tell, Tell that, that to James. To James. <laughs> <laughs> they look like they want to kill each other. <laughs> yes. It's very, very I, dramatic. So the music is tearing people apart in this show. <laughs> because yeah. it all started with their song. Their most random yeah. of songs. <laughs> <laughs> you and I. Yeah, and then before we leave the double R, we see Hank checking the wallet of the man and find out that he is the district attorney, not empty wince. Hmm. What a coincidence. Yes. And then lightning. <laughs> Josie is showing off her purchases to Harry. More thunder and lightning. Harry is suspicious. He asks about the fire. Josie is using her feminine wiles and guile. And she's like, how could you think such terrible things? <laughs> Especially when I look like this in this dress. And I'm sitting on your lap. <laughs> he asks her why, and she kisses him. And then she insists that he tear her new robe. <laughs> and that's when we see lightning flash and the Asian man, I'm pretty sure, who mm -hmm. we're about to learn his name soon, is standing outside the window watching. Ah, such creepy. a good scene. Very good, but very creepy. Very noir. <laughs> mm -hmm. At the police station, the Donuts and Lucy stand alone. <laughs> <laughs> then Judge Sterling comes in. He comforts Lucy for a moment before Harry comes in, and the judge has the Cooper knack of reading people, because mm -hmm. he knows Harry just came from Josie's, which is the start <laughs> of his running all around town, I'll point out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he just was with Josie. Just with her. <laughs> also, the judge has a white shoelace as a tie, it looks like. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, <laughs> a choice. Don't know if it was like a frontiersman uh, like thing to do, but it was different. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many bolo. Is it bowler ties? Bolo tie? Bowline ties? Bolo. I think the ties. the ones that are like the black strings. I think are bolo. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in the one eye jack section of the world. I guess Canadians are big bolo tires. I, I don't really, I always, <laughs> <French> Canadians. Uh, <laughs> I always assumed bolo ties were more like cowboy, like Texas, Central America, That's, but yeah, I might I be wrong. Yeah, I always have it more Southwest, but I guess it's Northwest too. Yeah, I guess cowboys are everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess all of the police officers leave. Lucy's still there. Dick Tremaine comes in. <laughs> this is a great scene. I mean, it's shitty but it's great from lucy's part yes dick comes in he says he's been miserable he's been a fool he must do the right thing <laughs> he gives her all the money he could scrape together 650 dollars specifically to <laughs> take care of the little problem <laughs> <laughs> lucy tells him to take his money Turn around, go out to his car, <laughs> go through both sets of doors. <laughs> the second one the sticks. Second, <laughs> and never, never speak to her again as long as she lives. Say one more word and she'll scream, which she does. <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> oh, it's such a great scene for Lucy. Mm -hmm. She's so funny. She's so funny. Still in the police station, but in the conference room, the judge sees Leland. He says he knows that he is a fine, upstanding man. And he says, when these frail shadows that we inhabit now have quit the stage, we'll meet it and raise a glass again together in Valhalla. <laughs> <laughs> Very, uh, it felt like one of those like classic film little monologue. <laughs> Yeah. We'll meet again when we're dead. <laughs> Leland is representing himself. The prosecutor is overdue, so they're going to wait to do the bail hearing in the morning. And after Leland leaves, the judge speaks for them all and says that they have hard jobs. 
And then Sid, the judge's law clerk, collects him. And Harry and Cooper both appreciate her beauty, I presume. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Harry, you were just with Josie. Don't be gross. Well, I feel like him, or like um, Sid and Hawk should get together. I don't I, know why I feel yeah. like they did in my brain. Like, maybe my headcanon just has them as a couple. But... <laughs> I would like it. Hawk deserves the best, in my sure. opinion. He does all the work. <laughs> Seriously, everyone else He's is just... off going around tracking down who lived in the house. <laughs> I say everyone else is either doing vigilante work or seeing personal <laughs> issues, and Hawk is the only person actually doing investigative work. Yeah. Okay, back at the hotel, Ben is flirting with pageant girls as another Asian man in sunglasses watches him. They bow to one another. And there's an ominous note to the music. Mr. Tajimura, who this is the first time we've met him, he's paying cash and comes from Seattle. Hmm. I said, I don't know if Norma called Ed, but she certainly called this desk clerk. <laughs> the yeah. eagle has landed because <laughs> she calls Norma and tells her that she thinks that this man is the empty wins. Yeah, I think it's like, she called this desk clerk, I mean, it seems like because Ed, you know, he's with Nadine in the hospital, and I would right. say she, she's she's like, I don't want to get involved in all of that. And she's probably yeah. like, I also don't want to do what Harry tells me to do. <laughs> well, and it's really smart, actually, because or, not Harry. The, this person, this food critic, is obviously going to stay at the hotel. They might not stop and get gas, but they're definitely going to stay at the exactly. hotel. The one nice hotel in town. <laughs> exactly. And it just shows that Norman knows everybody. Because she's the best. <laughs> she is. So the OG Asian man finally has a name. Josie is introducing him to Pete as her cousin Jonathan. Jonathan wonders, after Pete leaves, how Josie lasted six years with these hayseeds like Pete. And she says that they all have a job to do. And he says that they're expected back in Hong Kong. Mr. Eckhart wants to see her. Hmm. She seems very shifty and says there might be a problem with Hank. Jonathan says that he'll deal, deal with him. Josie also says that the sheriff means nothing to her. He's like, I didn't even ask that. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, don't worry. <laughs> okay, we're almost to the end. Cooper is at the bar of the roadhouse. He now seems pretty much recovered from his gunshot wound this episode. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen any signs of a struggle. Harry has assigned himself to bookhouse boy duty. <laughs> <laughs> and he says it's, it's 9.30. They met at 9.30. So Harry has been all over the place this episode, and it's only 9.30. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Cooper has made a design out of bar snacks in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then finally, I think the storm is still going on. We hear knocking on the door of the double R. It's closed. Hank, who I guess sleeps in the kitchen, answers <laughs> in his PJs. <laughs> he says, no one's there. And, or but, no, 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 but no one is there when he checks. And then the lights go out. And Jonathan appears like a man in black <laughs> with sunglasses <laughs> on he looks straight up man in black yes without any explanation he kicks hank's ass <laughs> <laughs> well it's like hank is so dumb because immediately he doesn't ask like, who this person is or anything he's just like i gotta fight this person <laughs> <laughs> and he does a horrible job because yes. jonathan basically just like steps out of the way of all of his punches and throws him across the room every time Yes. <laughs> and then he decides to make Hank his blood brother. Although I don't think he cuts himself. He just takes a little bit of Hank's blood and squishes it between their thumbs and mm -hmm. says they're blood brothers. And then he smashes the flashlight. I don't know if he smashes it on his head. It looks more like he smashes it on the floor, but it's a yeah. random act of violence at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe to make it a very dramatic disappearance. Yeah. So I can't wait to see what happens with Josie and Jonathan and Hank and all of this because I feel very, like, I don't remember this rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
it's so like mysterious like i you know even knowing what we know in the diary that laura could tell that she that josie had some sort of past that was kind of you know oh yeah yeah yeah. we did talk about that when it happened yeah and so i'm just curious to see like what like what is all the stuff that she's involved in it's very interesting yeah because in the book it like i think you were saying it makes it seem like you know josie is kind of like oh well she tries to manipulate me but she's pathetic compared to Laura <laughs> right you know? but she's really actually pretty good at it so it just shows how good Laura was let's <laughs> okay. say it's like you know Laura was like a level 100 and Josie was like a level 90 <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> man I wish I could have seen some of their relationship for real <laughs> it would yeah I just it would be I, so you know, interesting I was just thinking, because it's not in Firewalk with me, but there is a bunch of, there's like an hour and a half of worth of footage that they filmed for that, that they didn't put into the movie ultimately. A lot of stuff with oh. side side characters. I don't remember if Josie was in it or not. Well, I guess we'll find out when we get to it, because we're definitely yeah. going to cover that as its own thing. I think it's called The Missing Pieces. Okay. Yeah, I would definitely it's all edited like together that. and everything. Oh, wow. Like a little second yeah. movie. <laughs> Exactly. It's an hour and a half. Wow. <laughs> the to movie's have... already like two and a half hours. <laughs> <laughs> to have that much extra. Good Lord. I know. I would have loved to see like the four hour cut with everything put together. <laughs> it seems like something that w- he would put out. So I don't know. It's weird that he didn't put it out. Yeah. Well, I guess it might. Well, we'll see when we get to it. But I think it might have yeah. interrupted the flow of the movie if it had all that other um... stuff in it. But Gotcha. We'll never know. I'll, actually, <laughs> we'll probably know someday. Some fan will put it all together and put it on YouTube. And we can watch it. There probably, probably already is a cut. <laughs> probably. <sighs> okay, well, that's it for the recap. Did you have a favorite part of this episode? Oh, there's so many good ones. Um, hmm, 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 hmm. I'll say mine. Okay. <laughs> I was like, he's going to steal my <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there's so many. No, it's fine. Yeah, my favorite, I think, is Lucy and Dick and her mm-hmm. giving him what for with the thunder and lightning. I'm like, I know the thunder and lightning adds to all the scenes, but for some reason, that particular scene, it really like stands out to me. And I don't know, yeah. I just love it. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, it's, it feels like a moment for Lucy. She's like sticking yeah. up for herself and you know being the bigger person, and it's yeah, yeah. really fun to see. <laughs> I uh, there's so many good. I'm gonna say instead of like my favorite scene, I'm gonna have like my little favorite moments. Yeah, I really love that shot of when Josie and Harry are together, and we have the flash of lightning, and we see Jonathan outside through the yes. window slats. That's really great. I loved his whole scene with Hank of. Just oh, like, the big fighting scene at the end? Yeah, because it's just like, I feel like it, you know, we don't, we've only seen these moments of Jonathan, like, watching them from afar, and we are like, yeah. who is this person? And now I'm like, I don't, I really want to know who this person is, who is, I, I guess, a trained fighter. <laughs> and yeah. It He's just, finally got a name. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, it's a very, it's a good, like, action sequence, too, because he's so skilled and even though it's all in like shadow you know yeah it works it just yeah it's really impactful i do want to say that i don't think i said the actor who plays him ever it's mock takano who plays jonathan just so well okay y'all know the name (laughs) yeah we definitely told a story about him where he was like i thought i was gonna get fired because david ledge didn't actually like my headshot and then he saw me oh right oh you don't like the same as your headshot (laughs) (laughs) right 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 (laughs) And we have a uh, new mysterious Asian man. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Which I didn't want to to find out about. <laughs> yeah, I I remember I don't know how I knew about this part. I mean, you can kind of tell, you know, oh, what Oh, so you already know. I do and then also like IMDb <laughs> IMDb has it listed too, so I would have found oh, out either way. Darn. <laughs> um but I I knew I don't remember how I found out, but I know about the reveal. But I'm just going to you know, not say anything. We're going to just experience it. Well, see, that's what happens when I 
like when I'm like, please do some work. <laughs> <laughs> no. I end up spoiling you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't remember. It was a while ago that I heard about it, but I don't know why. But either way, I'm not going to say anything. So we're just going <laughs> to let it be a surprise. So if you haven't seen it, it won't be a spoiler to you. But exactly. yeah, it's it's a new mysterious character. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I was hoping that would be a big shocker to you because we had never talked about it or anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, it'll be interesting. I would. I don't know people's reactions to it when they meet him, so we'll see. <laughs> okay. Well, when we're revealed a little bit more about the character, I'll have to get your impression of the character <laughs> at this point yeah. because I feel like it's kind of pointless to worry about spoilers because it's probably awesome. everyone who's listening <laughs> to this has already seen it. But right, there's been plenty. But, of them. It's fine. It's fine. All will be revealed. Um, what's next? Deep dive? Uh, yeah. It's time for the deep dive. Okay. Deep dive. <laughs> oh. All right, Laura's Secret Diary, the log line, and again, I have a couple things from the Twin Peaks Unwrapped book, which I believe is sold out, so... Oh, wow. can no longer get it. <laughs> I think they only did, like, the one printing, so... Oh, that's cool. Now I have a rare book. <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool. And the log line is, Leland Palmer is interrogated about the murder of Jacques Renault, and Judge Clinton Sternwood comes to town. <laughs> I always like to see what are the most important things from this episode <laughs> <laughs> what do they think is worth mentioning <laughs> okay so then I do have a teeny bit about the Todd Holland the idea he had the idea for the opening of going through the hole and mm-hmm. Mark Frost was totally on board he says I don't really have the specifics but I do have that it was a, a complicated and expensive shot to pull off mm-hmm I think he did say what the specifics were, but I just didn't really write them down. He's, he was, but the point of the story, I believe, in this interview was that he was saying that the production team and the writers, they all really loved a director with vision with every director that came through. He's, he said, quote, top to bottom, it was a show designed around supporting David, and therefore it chose to become very organically a show that supported the director's vision for every single director who came through, oh. which I thought was really cool. And he said, yeah. also, so living up to David is hard, but you kind of do your thing and hope it fits into this world. He said, you were given these episodes and they were like your little films and you were expected to come to all the color corrections and music spots and all the stuff like, you know, in a more uh, director focused thing you would be expected to do. Okay, cool. So did you have anything specifically about how the shot was pulled off? I do have a little bit. Um, So it says to... To be able to do the shot, they had to place a pinhole camera inside an actual piece of tile and slowly spiraled it out. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and then, you know, he put all the sounds in it, and apparently the cut that we have was edited from his original, like, cut of the sounds because apparently a lot of the sounds in the dialogue he chose came too close to revealing the mystery person who were trying to figure out. And so they were like, you got to take some of those out. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) I thought that was That makes me nervous that you came a little too close. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. He was like, "Ah, cut some of those out. (laughs) Okay. And so also I had a little bit from um, Belina Logan, who played the desk clerk. Mm -hmm. She, they interviewed her as well. And she said that she was very excited to work on Twin Peaks. David didn't actually direct her episode, but she spoke to him the day before they filmed and she told him she was excited to play the desk clerk. And he said, oh, she's not just a desk clerk, Belina. She's Louie Birdsong Budway. And don't you ever forget it. <laughs> <laughs> and she says she didn't. She said it made a difference in how she played her knowing her name. And that even though it's just listed as desk clerk in the credits, even to this day, it warms her heart knowing that at least to David 
and her and the props guy. <laughs> she has a name. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, Louis, or yeah, Louis Birdsong Budway. So, <laughs> hey, Birdsong. <laughs> <laughs> but the deep dive I did on, or you know, the sorting I did, Lucy Moran. Yay! Because she had such a great moment in this episode. <laughs> yes. She was born May 27th, 1962, according to her trading card. Hmm. So that would make her Gemini. Geminis are playful and intellectually curious. Gemini is constantly juggling a variety of passions, hobbies, careers, and friend groups. They are social butterflies of the Zodiac. These quick-witted twins can talk to anyone about anything. Find them buzzing between happy hours, dinner parties, and dance floors. A fearless thinker, Gemini is always down to try something new. But after they have shared their progressive vision with the world, it's best to let these twins get back to ideating. These hyperactive air signs have short attention spans and are most satisfied when they can move fluidly from one idea to the next. Hmm. So, I mean, I really don't know that that sounds like Lucy. I don't think she's really that much of a intellectual, per se. <laughs> Yeah. She doesn't seem like a quick thinker who's great with technology, but... <laughs> yeah. Okay, and then I looked up some of what other people had classified her as, and there were a lot of Leos, Sagittarius, and Pisces. Okay. And, but she's also, because May 27th is right on the cusp of Taurus, so oh. it's like right the first day of Gemini, basically, I believe. Oh, wow, yeah. So I thought maybe we could read Taurus and they value honesty. They love stability and find comfort in consistency. If that is endangered, they can get very angry. They don't shy away from hard work. They also love all things luxurious and cozy, very stubborn and resilient to change. It may take a while, but once a Taurian has chosen their partner, their loyal and genuine natures mean that they're in it for the long haul. Hufflepuffs of the Zodiac is what they say. <laughs> I like that for her. Me too. <laughs> that feels like really like close to her. Yeah. So, I mean, she's right on the cusp. So maybe she's just got like her Mercury and Moon and Rising. You know, maybe she's got a lot of other Torian stuff. And yeah. Or maybe they just got a birthday one day wrong. <laughs> <laughs> just move it back one day. <laughs> And I just said chaotic good for <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, chaotic good. <laughs> I didn't even write down the description this time. No, I feel like, you know, she's great, but she just tends to bring chaos <laughs> into her life. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely going to do the rest of Twin Peaks, or the rest of this section of Twin Peaks with this uh -huh. kind of sorting, but I would love it. With, to get suggestions from people of other ways we can sort you know maybe there's some sort of out of the box way we can sort pay people like i mean i this would not be a great one for me because i don't know a lot of music but like what would their favorite songs be or i don't know like there's got to be some other sorting thing that we can also try yeah because i just feel like it's good to switch it up sometimes yeah maybe like genre of movies that they would love or something like that yeah I bet That'd be romance a fun one. for Lucy. Yeah, she seems like a soaps girl. Oh, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Soaps, well, we've Lifetime. Seen her soaps. Yeah, <laughs> she's definitely in that category. Hallmark, even some Oprah. true crime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well, that's it for the deep dive. Final thoughts on this episode? I feel like... We started with questions and ended with even more questions. <laughs> like we do almost every episode. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it feels like a building episode. Like, yeah, we're putting pieces together. We're trying to, you know, we've, we're formulating plans. Getting new characters. We're, yeah. Like Donna and Maddie are making a plan. Cooper and Harry are making a plan. People are coming back who have been gone for a little while. And like... Mm -hmm meeting new characters yeah it's all very like it's an influx kind of an episode 
it's building to something. <laughs> yes, I will say I'm looking forward to the episode where we can get more active Audrey because I, I did not appreciate her not having much to do, but I am excited to see where her character goes. Yeah, there's definitely times throughout the series where certain characters will kind of like disappear for a couple weeks, mm -hmm. you know, vacations and whatever. I don't know. You can't always have everybody on. Like, we haven't seen Bobby in a while. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't even realize. And I, you know, I was thinking this just today. Why? I don't know why. I don't think there is any real time where Donna and Bobby really talk. Because I feel like if Donna wanted to know about Laura, then screw all this going to Harold and investigating all this stuff. She should be talking to Bobby because, <laughs> I mean, he knew her probably just as well as Donna. <laughs> yeah. Or, or um, more, for sure. More. In certain yeah. Ways. I wonder, who was the guy that she was dating at the beginning that was Bobby's friend again? I can't remember his name. Mike. Mike. I wonder if... <laughs> oh god i wonder uh if maybe mike kind of gave her some little like hints or you know whatever's of what they were kind of into since he was kind of sort of involved too and maybe yeah, she, maybe just, she like... just she doesn't like mike very much so maybe she just assumes that bobby will be untalked toable <laughs> probably <laughs> and maybe a little unstable <laughs> oh for sure but it would be interesting yeah, to see a I, I, Donna yeah. Bobby discussion. I just I never realized that we haven't gotten that. So hmm. yeah, me too. I was you'd think I would realize all all of the things <laughs> by now. I would have realized everything there was to realize. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, sometimes I have to realize things several times to remember that I've realized them. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> now I'm turning into the log lady. I was just about to say. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Do you have one or would you like me to go first? You go first. I just, I'm sure I have one. I'm just going to look it up. Okay. My recommendation for today is going to be a TV show. It is a show called Girls 5 Eva on Peacock. <sighs> yes, and... Josh just wrote me the other day. He's like, you have to watch this show. Yes, it's so good. It's <laughs> Uh, what's her name? Let me see. I think it's a Meredith Gardino show, who I think was a writer on 30 Rock. And so it has very similar pacing to 30 Rock. Um, but it's about these, this girl group from the 90s who were like one hit wonder. And they <laughs> kind of, you know, pittered out and they all grow older. And it's like them present day in their 40s. And some rapper samples like their song and so they come they get invited to perform it with him and it's like they're reunited and they like oh, we forgot how much we love this and they come together and <laughs> catch up on where they are and it's just such an it's so interesting like and seeing them like you know women in their 40s trying to navigate the music business <laughs> and it's so funny and it's got a great cast it's got Sarah Bareilles, Paula Pell, wow. uh Busy Phillips and Renee Elise Goldberry, who was, you know, Angel is it, yeah, Angelica from Oh, from Hamilton. Hamilton, yes. That's uh, cool. Yeah, and yeah, she's two you know, really great singers that yeah, I, I mean, know of in that cast. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Sarah is great. I mean, Renee is like she's like the belter of the group. She's <laughs> got an insane voice and she is Almost like um, if you've watched 30 Rock, that like Jane Krakowski kind of character who is like totally clueless and is so crazy. <laughs> she plays it so well. And I just, we, I think we watched it almost all the way through. Like we just were like, not going to wait. We're not going <laughs> to space it out. So it's so great. And I That's would recommend awesome. it. I will definitely check that one out. It's so good. <laughs> I have to remember that I have Peacock sometimes. Well, I mean, I don't have it, but I have, it's free basically. Yeah, there's not a lot. Is that, that all the paid like, one? I don't know. We do like the first level, I think, which is like the five dollar. Um, I don't. It didn't say if it was restricted. So, but it's definitely one of those shows where if you sign up for one month for the four ninety nine, like you could definitely watch it. I think right. it's like eight episodes. <laughs> I recently did the. I'm doing the free week of Discovery Plus right now. 
right you told me which every time that we come by it we're like we're eventually gonna sign up for this because it has everything <laughs> well i wonder if i should just recommend the show that i'm currently watching on discovery plus then because it's the whole reason sure. i got discovery plus you can watch it without discovery plus like it comes mm -hmm. on television but it's called expedition x it's okay it's a spinoff of Expedition Unknown, which is a, like a Josh Gates show where he goes and tries to solve mysteries, like Ooh. mysteries throughout the world. Uh, there are all sorts of different things. Like all, there's a book called The Secret, which is like mm -hmm. a treasure where they bury treasure throughout the United States. And so he'll look up that one. Like he's done D.B. Cooper. He's done Amelia Earhart. Oh, that's funny. Yetis, all sorts of stuff. But Expedition X is more, because he's gotten more into like history's mysteries, like okay. Hitler's gold. And, well, I mean, maybe not Hitler's gold. But <laughs> stuff like there's history channel shows about that. But like, yeah, like uh, missing mummies and Ooh. things like that. So Expedition cool. X is like more of a paranormal spinoff where they're looking more like for aliens and cryptids and stuff like that and wow. haunted places. And the girl who is the host of that one, I've been following for a long time on just the internet. Like she does nerd stuff and mm -hmm. gaming stuff. Jessica Chobot. Anyway, it's a really fun show and it's definitely, it's all on just, it's, they're in the middle of their third season right now. Uh-huh. They did, like, they just did The Beast of Bray Road, and then they went to New Mexico and got all these weird shots of unidentified things in the air. Oh, and, God. Uh, <laughs> That's so scary. Yeah, it's, it's like, It's cool, fun, But it's also, it's, like, one skeptic and one believer, you know? So it's oh, not okay. really cool. trying to... Maybe make you believe, believe. One, way the, one way or the other but they always catch some really interesting stuff on there you know wow. i've watched so many of those ghost hunter shows back in the day and i was always like that does not count as evidence i'm sorry but <laughs> <laughs> this one feels like every once in a while they actually do find stuff like that that um alien no ufo one the new mexico one oh yeah interesting stuff they got that's cool <laughs> i um that sounds so cool i've been kind of into that sort of thing. There is a podcast I listen to. I think I've recommended it, but they do stuff like that. Oh, it's yeah. always like stuff that I've never even heard of that I'm like, it's just, you know, it's just like cool legends and like mysteries and stuff like that that are like around I the world that you had no idea. <laughs> yeah, it's just so cool to hear about. Yeah. And after my Jaguar Undi encounters, I feel like cryptids <laughs> are way more of a possibility than people imagine. <laughs> <laughs> There's always some sort of truth to cryptids, I feel. So I just think we don't give animals enough credit for being able to be stealthy with amongst humans because yeah. like just things show up where they shouldn't and those jaguars, yeah. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, you know, we're discovering new species of animals every day. Almost. I feel like maybe I should put that into context. If you haven't listened to all of our episodes, on <laughs> the check-in, sometimes I will tell stories about crazy animal encounters I've had. And there was a story about jaguar hundis who only live in Mexico or supposedly only live in Mexico. But they I know people who've seen them in Florida and I clearly saw them and heard them mating in Oklahoma. So, uh... <laughs> uh, anyway, so I feel like cryptids we... are definitely more of a possibility than we give them credit for. Yeah. And I, I feel like a lot of them are so interesting and just to hear people's like experiences with them. It's crazy. Yeah, there's some really cool ones. Even the ones that are like, I don't feel like that's true. The more like crazy it is, the more I'm like, that is just the most interesting story I've ever heard. I can't believe people even came up with like the chupacabra and stuff like that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, the ones that are like so like, whoa, I don't even have a like a frame of reference for where this would have came from. Yeah, the Beasts of Bray Road was like, it's like a werewolf story, an American Ooh. werewolf story. It's very interesting. <laughs> I love that. I, I'm going to, you know what, We're when we eventually sign up for Discovery Plus, because we will, uh, <laughs> I'll probably check out that show. <laughs> on Definitely my check out That's all cool. the Expedition series, like the Expedition X, Expedition Unknown. 
they'll have random other ones like Expedition X Hunt for Yeti or Search for the Afterlife or stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I'll check those out. That sounds cool. Anyway, that wasn't what I was intending to recommend, but I think it works. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very in-the-moment recommendation. Yes. Okay, so next week... Okay, Uh-oh. we're doing... <laughs> Okay, we did 6 through through 9 last week, right? So we're doing 11 through... 10, right? 11, no, 10 through 13. 13. 10 through 13. Persuasion 10 through 13 is next week. And then obviously the next Twin Peaks will be the week after that. That's five. Uh, Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I need like a calendar with it all written down right in front of my face so that I can... Tell you. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. especially hard now that we're doing everything ahead of time. So <laughs> And not like in an order. Yeah. But so there you go. Ten through thirteen yeah. of persuasion next week. And we hope that you're following along so you can hear about all of our speculations about who's a murderer in persuasion. And yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I mean, be we one talk about way more than just that, but I feel like it's a good hook to get you guys to try it out. Yes. <laughs> yeah, a good little Twin Peaks hook. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess we <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> I just looked at myself in the Zoom call while I was spacing out as to how to say goodbye. Um oh but we gotta do um contact. Contact. That's it. Right. <laughs> anyway, I cracked myself up looking at my spaced out face. <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you would like to get into contact with us, you can email us at mannersofmadness at gmail.com. You can DM us on Twitter at mannersofmadness or on Instagram at mannersofmadnesspod. Or you can leave a one-minute voicemail on our website at mannersofmadness.com. Yes, and we would love to hear from you. We would love to hear what your thoughts on this episode were. Do you have vivid memories of the storm in Twin Peaks coming? Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite scene from this? Especially if you happen to be watching it for the first time, we would love to hear from you. What do you think of Mr. Tajimoro? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I said that right, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I can't remember, so we'll, we'll just say yes. <laughs> and, oh, also on our website, you can support us with the support button and if you're at all interested in a Patreon or Anchor version of Patreon, let us know what you would be interested in seeing because, you know, we're taking these two months off, but we're also brainstorming during that time for new things to bring you. So we would yes. love your input on that. And yeah, come back next week. And we're excited to talk to you. Yes. Uh, thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. Bye. Good night. <laughs>